CEO of High Times? The actual CEO? Have you been reading my dream journal again? <laughs> really? That's a magazine dedicated to the marijuana lifestyle, is it not? Indeed. Indeed it is. I don't know much about it. I've just heard jokes about it throughout my life. I've never seen an issue or anything. But It's, uh, it, it's, it's got to be different now that marijuana is legal practically yeah, it's everywhere. it's become a, much more than that. It's now kind of... I don't know. He'll probably know more about it, but they seem to be getting much more. I would hope as the CEO of High Times, he knows more about it. Pop culture, uh, you know, music reviews. We They put on concerts and festivals right. and stuff like yeah. that, too. Okay, cool. We'll, we'll talk about that coming up a little bit later. Somehow we got uh, school lunches came up in a newscast recently. My son, who who used to take the sack lunch that mom made him and then decided he wanted to do the hot lunch. Seemed like kind of a cool little uh, thing to do. Probably his friends were doing that or something. Or uh, Mostly, I think he saw potato chips uh, were available. That'll do it. And uh, the chip selection. But anyway, the other day, he said, I can't do it anymore. They had bean burritos, and it just looked like a uh, bean and cheese burritos. He said, it just looked like a mush of brown and yellow. And I, yeah, I said, that's uh, pretty much what a bean burrito looks like, son. I've had many delicious <laughs> bean burritos that do look like a mush of brown and yellow. I, said, I couldn't eat that. I just couldn't eat it. I don't know about the school's bean burrito. I don't know what that... The school version of things can often be uh, yeah. tasty. I've had some good school meals, but I've also had school meals that... The mystery pizza. I remember that as a kid. He likes the pizza they get. They get their pizza from a real pizza place, local pizza place, so that's pretty cool. My school pizza was freaking cardboard with ketchup on it, man. Cardboard with ketchup on it. Um, I'm fascinated with uh, my limited interactions with, uh, with the youth, those particularly under like the age of 10. The things that they decide to make hardline stances on, <laughs> right? <laughs> I absolutely love. <laughs> yes, good reasoning there, son. <laughs> That's a no go. Um. So anyway, we got that CEO black eye for Facebook. Got to bring that to you in just a moment. But first, we got to take a fond look back at the week that was. This is something we call cow. It's an acronym for clips of the week. We're very happy with. What we are reading, because uh, there was no collusion whatsoever. Uh, there never has been. A new version of bullfighting has started in China in which participants use their hands instead of swords. That's how many extra people they have. Excessive automation at Tesla was a mistake. To be precise, my mistake. Humans are underrated. People are way better at dealing with un- unexpected circumstances than robots. I swear, man, our world is becoming beyond crazy. And I'm not going to let the craziness frustrate me. We ever been to the moon? Nope. Nope. They're going to come get us. I don't think so. Either. <laughs> Here's the code and there is the so door. Really I am going to stand over here. A- American people recognize that we must keep government open, that a shutdown is not worth anything, and that you should not have a Trump shutdown. I have to say, I thought it was a very good meeting. Attention all shoppers, associates, and management. management, this job, Walmart. (laughs) You got the guy that quit on the Walmart speaker system um he was a loyal employee there for almost 18 months <laughs> so he said then he dropped a couple f-bombs quits walmart and you got a couple people in the back cheering i guess tell him junior stick it to the man <laughs> um so the deadline i believe for the trump shutdown or 
the Schumer shutdown, whichever side you're going to fall down on it, is the 21st. So that's right in the heart of next week, right? So I suppose that'll be a big topic on conversation if there's not some sort of consensus reached. The whole wall talk thing is really interesting. Both sides, as usual, are are are, are playing the wall conversation to their benefit. But So Trump's demanding money for a wall and talks about a wall all the time. He says for $5 billion, they could build a, what, 100 more miles or something like that, some of it in the San Diego area. Uh, so he always says wall and has to, for some reason, act like a fence isn't good enough. Nancy Pelosi on the other side, who has voted multiple times in her career for all kinds of fencing, including that double barrier that went up and they voted for, I think, 2000, whatever it was. She's voted for all kinds of fences along the border, but she has to act like, you know, barriers are not what we have. We're open, welcoming, and like there's a big difference between the wall, the fences she voted for, and a wall. So both sides of it, the the uh, the um the semantics of the word wall are getting a little silly to me. All people want is to end illegal immigration, and if you can do it with a moat or a barbed wire fence or a laser beam or or trained rats or whatever it works, doesn't really make any difference whether it's a wall or not. But Democrats acting like there's something different between a wall and a fence in terms of what it means politically to people trying to get into the country. We're not a we don't believe in walls. Okay, you believe in fences. What the hell's the difference? I I wish we could move past that conversation. Maybe we will next week. Facebook, bunch of liars, in my opinion. Mark Zuckerberg is evil. First reported here, I believe, on the Armstrong and Getty show. His evilness. The company just announced within a couple of hours ago that another 6.8 million users had been uh, treated poorly by Facebook because their photos were uploaded. Photos they didn't want uploaded are now out there for everyone to uh, take a look at, apparently. 6.8 million users. And once again, it's through third-party app developers who somehow mm. got access to your photos that weren't they weren't supposed to have. Hmm. You're a skeptical, Sean. I know you always have been of Facebook's priorities when it comes to this. The, just the whole, oops, the third-party app developers somehow found a way to do this again. It, it, I don't have any reason to believe that this is a bug and not a feature that was sold to these app developers. It would be very easy to believe that a long time ago, part of what you got by being an app with Facebook was you got access to people's photos. And then when it became, when people got started to, you know, find out about this stuff, now they have to make up a story. Yep. That's very easy to believe. Even if that's not true, even if it was an accident, how about the fact that this happened in September and we're finding out in mid-December? Oh. So many, many months later, we find out, Facebook has known this the whole time, and they're just telling us now. So now I've got to believe, well, the Facebook claims the reason that they're just telling us is we've been investigating the issue and we wanted to get, you know, figure out what's going on before we notified the people. Yeah, I, I, I have a feeling you were hoping you could keep this secret and you would never tell us. And somehow there was some reporting that was catching up on you and you thought you, uh, you ought to be in front of it. That would be my guess, Facebook, because so far all these big tech companies, they don't tell us at all when our information has been stolen until they have to. You keep it a secret. That is a law Congress needs to pass. When there is a hack and people got as hackers got access to our information, 
company, whether it's a, a financial company, Facebook, whoever it is, Google, they got to tell us a Marriott. You have to tell us the day you find out. That should be a law. But they don't see it as your information. They see it as their information. So I suppose they feel like, oh, I can tell you when my information's gotten stolen I ever want because your pictures are my information. You posted them on, on, on this app, which belongs to us here at Facebook. But so whatever, I don't know if you take the naughty pics, but they're out there now floating around. Huh? That's why I took them. Huh? Anybody? The last thing I'm ever going to do is take a naughty pic and have it in, in my computer anywhere. Just, it just It's unimaginable to me. Now, perhaps I would have when I was younger. Could I have sent a naughty pic to a girlfriend when I was 22? Uh, absolutely. I prefer naughty self-drawings. I feel like it really, you know, highlights my artistic side. I sculpt. <laughs> I get clay. Sometime in stone, marble. It's really slow going. <laughs> I get the chisel and the hammer. Yeah. Well, see, the statue is already in the stone. You just have to remove the pieces that aren't the statue. Exactly. You carve away all the stuff that's not me. That's all you got to do <laughs> to get a great looking oh, marble statue of me naked. Um, yeah. So we're going to talk to the CEO of High Times coming up in a little bit. Boy, that industry has changed. That magazine changed. It used to be a magazine that was catering to people that were doing something illegal. Now, for a whole lot of the country, it's catering to people that are doing something perfectly legal. And uh, the lifestyle that goes with it. We'll talk to the CEO coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. High Times is fueled by the simple belief that the cannabis movement should focus on the community. We're going to talk to Adam Levin about uh, High Times because he's the CEO of High Times. Adam, welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey, how's it going? It doesn't sound like I've got Armstrong and Getty today. Uh, no, you got Jack Armstrong because Joe Getty got his uh, hip, I, I hip, hip replaced earlier this week. Hopefully he's getting some good meds. Yeah, yeah, he, he actually is. Maybe he could take advantage of some marijuana. Which um, I'm thinking the same. So I have been uh, I've been aware of High Times for years. And it was a, it was a joke, you know. Comedians made a long time for a long time as a, a magazine of something that was illegal and counterculture and all that sort of stuff. But now that marijuana is legal, so many places, including the biggest state in the country, is it's got to be a slightly different focus for High Times these days. We're the only brand out there, and that's what people are realizing right now. And you know, it's uh, it's you know. People are all these cannabis companies are raising billions of dollars and trying to put uh, build an industry and build brands. But High Times, like you said, it's been around for forty years. It's been the vernacular and the joke, and it's been the cannabis magazine that you've had under your bed that you didn't want anyone to see. And now we're available in airports, and you buy us, and you know people can get us, in, you know, through subscriptions. And we're much more than just a magazine today. We're we're a media company, and uh, you know. We're a research company, and, you know, we are the epicenter of this industry that's uh, today 
so much different than anyone thought it would be 40 years ago, five years ago. Oh, certainly different than anybody thought it would be 40 years ago, but you're right. It's different than people thought it would be just a few years ago. There are a couple of things that have happened in this country, you know, gay marriage and uh, and, and legalizing marijuana that happened so fast. There were unimaginable, you know, a decade or so ago. It's it's absolutely amazing to me. How many states now no have legalized? No one would have thought that where we are culturally, I mean, and, you know, um, I'm pretty down the line, but like, who would have ever thought like as many Starbucks you'd have as can you know, cannabis stores selling cannabis? Right. Um, how many crazy. how many st- states now have legalized marijuana? So you have 31, 10 recreational, another 21, including Utah, now, um, for medicinal. And I would assume, yes. just the way politics go, a lot of those that it's now medicinal or whatever, they'll be in the. They'll be in the legal for everybody before you know it. I think the whole country is going to be in the legal before you know it. Um, I, I just think look at the look at where the numbers are going. Look where the popular you know look where people come out on the issues. One way or another, people want it. I mean, you know, the, for vets, it's helpful. It's helpful for PTSD, and you know, it's uh, it's a wonder drug. But it's 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 been amazing to be at the the center of it all, and you've seen. You know, all this new financing, you know, $20 billion raised in the cannabis industry. Would you have thought your local drug dealer would be getting $20 billion? <laughs> so there, there's a lot of money in this, as you've mentioned a couple of times. And, um, you know, somebody's going to end up being the Budweiser and Coors of all this sort of stuff. And high times could certainly be it. Uh, so you guys have an IPO coming up, or has that already happened? Yeah, no, it's it's doing it. Do, we did something so different. That's what people are kind of taking note at. and. You know, we we went out to the masses and we uh, we basically set let allowed anyone kind of like what the Green Bay Packers did said, hey, fans come, you know, low and everyone can get in on this IPO and you can go to hightimesinvestor.com and get in on the IPO and um, you know there's information, but it's uh, it's just a different time. There's uh, you know we're doing one of these reggae IPOs and it's just regulation A, not reggae like the music, but. <laughs> The pun's yeah, definitely there. You, you can't be the CEO of High Times and mention reggae and think we're thinking Regulation A. You think anyone ever would think? <laughs> any, you think anyone ever knows what I'm thinking? Yeah, <laughs> I'm the CEO. I'm the CEO of High Times for a reason. There you go. Awesome. So but, I'm, I'm, uh, guess, I'm you know, guessing you were an, an enthusiast of this lifestyle before it was as legal as it is now. That'd be just be my guess. It is. That doesn't mean, you know, I own a bunch of other media properties, and I may not have been an enthusiast of all of the lifestyle before. Gotcha. Um, so, it, 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 high times is a special one. Cool. Um, so, if people want to learn more about this, what would they do? Go to the website, hightimesinvestor.com, and, you know, there's information there, and, you know, there's, it's uh, it's a great opportunity. I mean, iHeart invested in us just to publicly make sure everyone realizes it, and you know, we, uh, iHeartRadio's, you know, plays a three-minute disclosure on some of the ads that we put out there, but uh, three-minute disclosure, 10-second ad, and, uh, you know, we're having fun. We're building a company. It's growing, and, you know, we've done cups all over the country, you know, and we do these uh, festivals, these cannabis festivals, and uh, it's uh, stretching from Amsterdam to Sacramento to Los Angeles to... Alaska this year. Adam Levin, High Time CEO, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. 
Thanks so much. Appreciate the time and love talking to you guys. You bet. Love uh, talking to you. But yeah, yeah, because Joe, Joe's passed out on Vicodin and maybe marijuana for all I know. Um, so I'm not a marijuana enthusiast and, and, and never was for whatever reason. It's not my thing. But uh, if it's a good business opportunity, somebody's somebody's going to be the Budweiser of all this, right? I mean, it just is. and Or the Pepsi of it, you know, whatever you want to use for your analogy. And um, I'm a big fan of making money, so I don't know. Do your own research. As you know, Jack, I'm a member of the investing class, right. and I have already have money at work in various marijuana companies. I'm going to look more more into this one. I'm, I'm curious what they're. I, I need to look into you know where where does their money come from? What, what's your what's your P to E ratio? Right, <laughs> no, like, you're really into that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 going to get dig deep into the analytics here. Uh, and and he yeah. I'm also curious at how they're doing this a little bit differently. How you go through them first before the actual IPO happens. I was trying to think though when we were having the conversation. Gay marriage and marijuana, both such major changes culturally and then legally. Just, I mean, unbelievable. You you wouldn't have to go back in a time machine. You could go back in a time machine to 1995 and talk to people and say, in the year 2018, you could go get uh, married to your, a gay couple could go get married and stop and buy some marijuana legally on the way home. And you'd think, What? What else could possibly be on the horizon that would be a major cultural change like that? I can't even think of any that are burbling out there. Maybe it'd be the illegals getting driver's licenses moving on toward illegals getting health care paid for by taxpayers. That's a pretty big one. I think just the whole kind of government health care thing is probably one. Could be. Yeah. Could be. Because it used to pull very, very badly, in the and, and, and more and more people are getting on board with the idea of it being, yeah, that might be the one. I can't think of any others um, that I see coming. Maybe the free college thing. I mean, I don't. I don't personally. I don't want that to happen. I think it's a terrible idea. But that that could change yeah. to where people think that's a terrible idea. To most people think it's a great idea. I don't know. Um, but things happen a lot faster now than than they used to. These these sorts of things. Whether you talk about the civil rights movement right. or or. Uh, um, opportunities for women. These things happen gradually mm-hmm. over many decades or a century. Now, a couple years, things can change drastically. I don't know if I can keep up. I'm sure going back, you would have never imagined high times being a an investment opportunity <laughs> for everyone legally. Well, yeah, okay, you put it legally. I mean, yeah, the high times would uh, be an investment uh, surreptitiously, perhaps, but yeah. uh, now legally, and he's right, he's, they've got the brand. Yeah, and a magazine that could be, you know, laying on a doctor's desk next to Reader's Digest and Sports Illustrated from a legal standpoint. Sure. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, we have got uh, Cohen and Trump going one-on-one yet again. We've got the down low on killer Christmas trees. And CBS is now paying out another, making another multi-million dollar payment to an actress who said she was sexually harassed. Yeah, what exactly happened to her, though? I saw one place where she felt uncomfortable on the set. You get $9 million for that? For feeling uncomfortable? Yeah. Had to be more than that, didn't it? Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. be marked by chicken bones. 
Interesting science note here. Because of the number of chickens that are consumed in the world, if you look back on this epoch that we all live on, or epoch, um, the bones they will find mostly would be chickens in the future. They would look back and think, my God, there are a lot of chickens roaming the earth (laughs) at that time. The earth consumes 65 billion chickens a year. Really? 65 billion chickens a year worldwide. That's an astounding number. They're astoundingly delicious. <laughs> Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump's former personal lawyer is talking. He says he bought the silence of two women because Trump was very concerned about how those stories of alleged affairs would play out during the election. Two weeks or so before the election, post the Billy Bush comments. So, yes, he was very concerned about how this would affect the election. In an interview with ABC News that aired this morning, Michael... This whole story to me is just such a load of crap. So even uh, plenty of experts, including the former FEC chairman, thinks that's no big deal. But even if he was found guilty that a campaign campaign finance violation, big freaking deal, happens all the time. Whoop-de-doo. In the interview with ABC News that aired this morning, Cohen was sentenced. Michael Cohen was uh, sentenced on Wednesday to serve three years in federal prison, now telling George Stephanopoulos. I gave loyalty to someone who truthfully does not deserve loyalty. He was trying to hide what you were doing, correct? Correct. And he knew it was wrong? Of course. Cohen insisting. But the goalposts have moved so far. Originally, this was about we have someone, when Bill Maher was really concerned about this, we have a president who worked with an enemy of the United States to get elected. Now we're talking about whether or not he paid off some trollops to keep their mouths shut about his sex. That's a hell of a moving of the goalposts goalposts in terms of levels of um, how serious it is. Good Lord. Having serious conversations with George Stephanopoulos about whether or not it was $130,000 so his wife didn't find out or so the voters didn't find out. Big freaking deal. That's my opinion. Yesterday on Fox, President Trump insisted, though, Cohen is not telling the truth. I never directed him to do anything wrong. Whatever he did, he did on his own. He's a lawyer. A lawyer who represents a client is supposed to do the right thing. That's why you pay them a lot of money, etc., etc. He is a lawyer. He represents a client. I never directed him to do anything incorrect or wrong. And he understands that. Meanwhile, the back and forth continues. I wanted to revisit a story that uh, Jack touched on earlier this morning. It turns out a staggering trend of food safety violations at sports stadiums is being uncovered by an ESPN study. Some of the worst offenders were North Carolina's Spectrum Center, home of the Charlotte Hornets, Texas American Airlines Center, home of the Dallas Mavericks, and Colorado's Coors Field, where the Rockies play. Coors Field was cited for serving a Cracker Jack box with a live mouse in it. I gotta believe that's a one in a million case, you know, something went it's wrong. sick enough. It's not like every third bucket of popcorn has a live mouse in, is it? Along with having live cockroaches in a trap in a storage room. Apparently, uh, these violations are running rampant in the uh, food at uh, stadiums around the country. Meanwhile, Facebook is exploring the TV business. Recodes reporting that uh, Facebook is talking to pay TV channels, including HBO, Showtime, and Stars, about selling their streaming TV services on Facebook. Consumers could then go ahead and view the services on Facebook Watch. So they're looking for more streaming content. This is just another uh, domino to fall in the streaming wars that are really going to come to a head in uh, 2019, it seems. Yeah, I'll tell yeah. you what. I was a huge fan of Netflix. The kids watch it way more than 
mom and dad, I see a show a month. So we wouldn't right. have it if it weren't for the kids. And we're close to dumping it. I mean, so many of the shows they watched are gone now. It, and, and so much of the stuff they replaced it with is crap. So that could have a huge effect on the success of Netflix. And so is that going to splinter off mostly, Sean, is the way you see it, that content? Uh, a lot of the a lot of the content creators, the things that Netflix used to buy their streaming rights from, are now all launching their very own direct-to-consumer right. streaming models. Like, HBO has already done this. Disney's doing it with their Disney Plus right. app. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I, I'm no stock expert, but I could easily see a lot of Netflix people dropping that subscription and picking up the Disney so they have those kids right. shows. I know that's almost certainly what we'll do. God, I wonder, are Christmas trees safe for cats and dogs? The short answer is no, they're not. Safe in what sense? Pet supply company uh, Hearts warns on its website that oils produced by fir trees can be irritating to a pet's mouth and stomach. That just reminds me, I haven't watered the Christmas tree oh, now geez. in a week and a half. Oh, I'm thinking fine. it's too late. It's probably fine. <laughs> I, every year of my life, I've had the responsibility of watering the Christmas tree. I'm always good like the first day or so, then I forget. And the needles yeah. are all falling off, and it's just a mess. Ah, damn it. And the uh, tree's needles are considered to be mildly toxic to your pets. Well, and tell them to quit well, eating them. What is mildly toxic? You're either to- toxic seems binary to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it'll, yeah, exactly. It'll, it'll cause... See, they're toxic or not. It'll cause vomiting and other... Uh, stop you know. eating the tree. That's what I say to my dog. Hey, <laughs> bad dog, stop eating the tree. Does your uh, dog uh, lap any water out of the, uh, you know, the holder? He doesn't water it. Oh, that's right. <laughs> when I do water the tree, yeah. that is a common thing for the pets to drink out of there. So I don't put that... Uh, oh, okay, because that, Stay alive that stuff water, yeah, that water can you know kill your pet as well. That we, can kill. We had trouble last year with the cat knocking the knocking the ornaments around right. and pulling on the tree, and we thought it might pull over on top of the cat. Which I hated that cat, so that'd have been fine with me. But. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, ornaments are another thing. A uh, worn can be a hazard to your pet, so keep your pets away from the tree. Nah, bah humbug. New details coming out about sexual harassment on the set of the popular TV show Bull. Actress Eliza Dushku was uh, reportedly paid nearly $10 million by CBS to confidentially settle allegations that she was dismissed from the series after she complained about being harassed on the set. She had claimed the show's star, Michael Weatherly, made several comments about her appearance and made a joke about rape. New York Times reporting the star in one incident saw Dushku make a gesture with three fingers and Weatherly then suggested she wanted to threesome with him and another cast member. See, I read the joke about the rape, which is a joke that includes rape. That's an edgy yeah. joke. Yeah. But so that so somebody making an inappropriate joke, that's a you get nine million dollars situation now? No, it's when she was when she brought up the complaint and right. she was forced off the show. Yeah. 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 The... See that that but so so what I would think is a boss is I've got the sort of person that's going to complain if people make edgy jokes. I don't want that person working here. I want somebody different. And that's a $9 million thing now. Nine and a half million. Anyway, that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, The I don't know. In all the hashtag MeToo's, this one seems at the very, uh, whichever left end right. or right end, uh, of the spectrum of damage that was done to, to money received. Well, remember what CBS is going through right now. Les Moonves, uh, we got a number of Yeah, their... but he had women that had to keep to keep their jobs, had yeah. to come in and have sex with him. Matt Lauer locked them in the room and, and, and well, basically raped them. This person made inappropriate jokes. That seems like a wild difference. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm starting Getty Show, the conscience of the nation.
Ooh, Squawky, come here. Uh, wow, what's wrong? Uh-oh, he's been lapping water from out of the Christmas tree <laughs> Squawky holder. the bald eagle. Yes. It's passed. Saw a bald eagle yesterday at the Oakland Zoo. How did it look? Uh, very cool. I didn't realize a California condor is much larger than a bald eagle. Yeah. Not even close. Wow. Oh, that's an epic bird. Different weight classes entirely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That should be the national bird, the California condor. I like, oh, was it Ben Franklin who thought it should be in the turkey? I like that It was one. the turkey. He yeah. had never been to California, yeah. Ben Franklin. Right. Little known fact. What did he know then? Yeah. Exactly. The petering out coming up next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the of nation. Of the nation. It's cold outside. But baby, it's cold outside. Been hoping that you drop in. All right, the controversy over this song continues. It does. The backlash to the backlash seems to have begun. The song has been popular for 70 years. Keep that in mind, people, while you think, oh, my God, you can't play this song on the radio. It's been popular for 70 years. Then everybody decided it's too rapey, (laughs) too Bill Cosby. Now the backlash to that has begun. One San Francisco uh, music station pulled it from their playlist. Listeners found out huge backlash. They They put it back on the playlist. A station that plays lots of Christmas music. And is like a... You know, a soccer mom, grandma sort of radio station, too. And they put the song back on because the listeners said, hey, I like that song. William Shatner is weighed in. Excellent. William Shatner's very, he's, he's emerged as a vocal champion of the song. Well, he he himself is a Christmas music expert. He put out his own Christmas album this year, right? With like ZZ Top versions of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. True. He says, watch the original choreography, which I'll explain in just a second. He said, you must clutch your pearls over rap music, which, you know, is a decent point. I mean, you know, there's all kinds of music out there that's way edgier than Baby It's Cold Outside, and people seem to be okay with it. Um, But so I didn't realize it won the Oscar for Best Song in a Movie in 1950. Performed twice in the movie, once with the guy-girl singing it the way you hear it on that song, Uh and then they flipped the roles at the end of the song and sang it again. So it was performed twice in that movie, each playing the role of the I want to leave, but no, I don't kind of back and forth sexual tension thing, which is the way I see it. Um, The woman who wrote the song with her husband said they performed it first at a party, her and her husband, and the room just fell apart. We had to do it over and over again, and we became instant parlor room stars. We got invited to all the best parties for years on the basis of Baby It's Cold Outside. It was our ticket to caviar and truffles. So people apparently thought it was hilarious and didn't think of it as a, you know, you're trying to date rape somebody. And apparently caviar and truffles was the metric at which a good party was measured? <laughs> that seems odd to me. I don't want either. No, uh, I'll go to the other place. The song over many years was defended by feminists who argued that it tells the story of a woman who clearly wants to spend the night. Her reasons for leaving are not hers. They're, how's this going to look to my mom? How's this going to look to the neighbors? The societal pressures. Yeah, she's looking for an excuse to stay. It's alluding to both men's and women's sexual desire. That's why it was such a huge hit and so um, uh, uh, novel, was it was admitting women want to stay the night and have sex, and they're thinking that they don't always... The whole pretending I shouldn't thing is like an act or, or something that doesn't exist. That's why feminists thought it was a good thing. 
I find that pretty interesting culturally. It's alluding to both men's and women's sexual desire in a playful way. It seems to me there isn't really an issue about consent. They're both they're both happy with it, um, which I think is a better reading. So I think the backlash to the backlash has begun, and maybe the song will get to go you know, back into regular rotation on the Instead radio of constantly stations. backlashing at each other, how about we just talk about these things? Yeah. <laughs> Seems like this is uh, the discussion that, uh, that kind of educated us all. I'm just happy that William Shatner finally weighed in. It's time to settle the issue. Can he be the tiebreaker on all sorts of stuff? <laughs> William Shatner, of all people. How much time have we got before we're going to wrap this little hoot nanny up? Uh, about a minute and a half. Joe said he fully expects to be back on the program next week. Having had hip surgery this past Monday, he thought he was going to be back like Tuesday or Wednesday, but then the uh, the pain metric changed quite yeah. drastically, and uh, the amount of medication they had to take changed quite dras- drastically. And um, I don't know if he wants this brought up, but it's got uh, some constipation issues with all the painkillers, which is a common thing when you're taking lots of painkillers. I had that too. I didn't know constipation was such a miserable experience. Oh, that's that was bad. one of maybe the yeah. worst part yeah. of my whole experience of cancer treatment. Was the uh, the being plugged up? That's that's uncomfortable. It makes sense. I mean, it's got to go somewhere. I have been fortunate over my many years. I have never had that particular uh, affliction. Awesome, and that's I cool. never had either. As long as you, <laughs> <laughs> Michelangelo weighs in with me. Cool, cool story. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Only because I was taking all those painkillers. If you ever yeah. end up on a lot of painkillers, yeah. that will happen to you. All right. It's just thing. Sean well, did when he was a young man. So. Yeah, it's a combination of, as it was described to me, when you get put under general anesthesia, your body literally goes into shutdown restart mode, and it takes a while for everything to get back up to speed with the combined with the painkillers, which are often kind of stoppers in and of themselves. Right. Just really puts your, uh, your innards <laughs> in a bind. I'll tell you what, that elephant we saw at the Oakland Zoo yesterday didn't have that problem, as I mentioned earlier. My kids, I have seen a lot of elephants in a lot of zoos, uh, a wonder to behold, but this elephant um, urinated and defecated, and I'd never seen that in person up close. That is an amazing show right there. Now, was that the... The staying memory that the kids will have from that? Was yes. Okay. On the way home, we yeah. asked, what was your favorite part of the zoo? And both <laughs> kids said the elephant pooping and peeing was their favorite part of the zoo. There you go. I've been, to, I've been to the Barnum and Bailey Circus where they're like holding on to the tail yeah. with the nose and up on one leg on a triad. No, this, this was a more amazing trick than that. It's incredible. You can't imagine the volume in either case. It's astounding. I say final. You say thoughts. Final. Thoughts. Final. That's a little angry. I'm your host for Final Thoughts, Jack Armstrong. Let's get a final thought from Michelangelo, our board operator. Okay, we're just a couple days away where I go to a Christmas tree lot and I start doing my bargaining like I do every year. Like, (laughs) I'll give you $15 for two branches off that tree. (laughs) No way it's going to last till next year. What are you going to do with these trees, dude? I'll give you a five spot for that. Final thought from Marshall Phillips. I wanted you to know there is a lovely holiday tribute to Scratchers marinating at my home for the holiday festivities with a nod to the night before Christmas. I have posted all this on armstrongandgetty.com. Check out Marshall's musings. You've got some Scratcher lottery tickets just waiting for you to come home. Indeed. Uh, That's a reason for the season right there. Um, Sean Positive Sean. Final thought. Yes, I'll be going to a professional sporting event tonight to watch the Golden State Warriors take on the Sacramento Kings. Check out my Twitter account, at Positive Sean. It'll be like we're watching the game together. Cool. I'll be tweeting pictures and stuff from it is what I'm saying. I might check in on that myself. 
So we did go to another uh, doctor's appointment with my son yesterday. This is this uh, guy that's uh, among the best in the world at what we're looking into here. Still trying to figure out a diagnosis, but once again, I uh, I, I recognize there are those of you listening. I get some of your emails and texts who have a similar situation with the health of a family member, and it dominates your life. It's the only thing you talk about sometimes. My wife and I might go days at a time where the only conversations we have are about our son's health and never talk about anything else. Our trips, our little family vacation, including the zoo with the poop and elephant and staying in a hotel with a pool, was to go see a doctor. It just kind of takes over your right. life. And I understand that's the way it is for a lot of people. It is what it is. I'm just saying I, uh, I recognize, I feel your pain. I recognize your situation. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Next week's government shutdown week possible if they don't come up with some legislation and money for the wall yep. and all that. That'll be all the talk of the town. We'll have all that for you next week. God bless America. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from Matt Landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. Now the time has come to go. If this still cop was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. Armstrong and Getty.